Tucson, where you guys at? Carpentura. Do you hear that no. much in Rock Hill? Uh, I didn't hear it much, but that's a classic. Every time I hear Grindel or I hear, you know, Tucson, I always think Corbin Chirasso. They used to that haunt mine and Connor's nightmares because we grew up racing him and he beat us like every freaking race. <laughs> I don't know what They used to haunt our nightmares. That we used to hate it because he used to always beat us. <laughs> He's a Tucson kid. I remember watching a video and I would just remember hearing, Tucson, Carbon Chirac. <laughs> so I can imagine. <laughs> what do we got today, James? Uh, we got an exciting show for you guys. So yeah, welcome back. Another episode of Coffee Chatter. Episode eight. Um, episode number eight here. We've got an exciting show planned with our special guest, Sylvan Andre. The champ. The champ. The world champ. Mr. Skittles. Mr. Skittles. Or He's at, Mr. Snack well, Man. Lost him but his diet. Lost him but his diet. I'm really curious because, yeah, it's ridiculous. He always, it's eats, he always eats Skittles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, really excited about that. So, welcome back. Back at it again. Um, first up on the agenda, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to, well, not shout out to, but our camp dates. Our camps in the summer. So, we got... Our Alberta summer camps and Edmonton's already full with an extra clinic added. Um, I think Cochrane's opening up for signups this week as well. Perfect. And register at Red Deer as well. Awesome, yeah. So. I also do Ridge Meadows at the beginning of August. And I just rode Ridge Meadows. They were just doing a work party. So shout out to those guys. Me and Savvy rolled up the track on Saturday. Not expecting anyone to be there. We had a work party. <laughs> so I went on the track. I wasn't sure if we'd be able to ride, but all the guys were super cool. So they let us ride. And so me and Savvy rode with a bunch of little kids. Fantastic. Did it was you, badass. It was fun. Did you dig? It was really fun. Did you, no, no dig, I didn't dig. No dig, no I, ride. I rode, but no dig. <laughs> Sorry, you had your girl. Broke rule number one. Broke rule number one. It was fun. I, so I, yeah, Savvy was here last week, That's and cool. uh, she tried riding a couple times, and she loved it. Did she? Yeah, she loved it. She rode a few times, and then the second time, uh, it started raining and stuff, so we left, and she wanted to ride more, and so Saturday, when we went to the track at Ridge, I, uh, I let her ride one of my spare bikes, and she, we rode for like an hour and a half. She loved it. And she yeah, even jumped the tabletop. Tried jumping the tabletop. Yeah. She got some air. Yeah, she didn't make it the whole way, but dude, like, actually tried jumping and actually went in the air. I was in shock, and I was a little nervous watching. <laughs> <laughs> don't crash. Don't, don't crash, crash. Don't crash. <laughs> it goes, if, it, if she crashes, it just turns around the day completely. The day sucks. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I was like, my worst nightmare is her to crash. I would have been, uh, I was like more nervous watching her ride. Yeah, probably, yeah. That's what everyone says, but it's so true. No. You're more nervous watching someone like that. You I care about riding. I give her credit. I saw her the one day we were out at uh, Abbey riding. She was rolling around. Sometimes when you see people get on a bike, a BMX bike is not an easy bike for just the average no, person hard. to ride. She was fine. She did well. I know. But it's funny. You get more nervous for someone you love and care about riding. You get more nervous for them than yourself. Oh, yeah. It's so true. You don't true. really care about You know what you're doing. You I don't know. know what they're, they're I know. Yeah. You're not in control. I know. Yeah. But it was cool. Yeah, it was. It was cool. So I was Rock Hill. Rock Hill was pretty good. We, uh, Went there a couple days early, got some riding on the track before uh, National Champs, U.S. National Champs there. Uh, got to just chill and watch National Champs, so that was pretty cool. But overall, Rock Hill was pretty good. Uh, gate Put her in the main! Put her in the main. Okay, so oh, the gate was fast to your liking. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't like the slow, old Rock Hill, like, World's Gate. In my opinion, the World's in Rock Hill. Yeah, those, I find the old Rock Hill gate, like we talked about last show, was one of those gates where, like, you have to leave red light but delay a little. That's yeah. so annoying. Yeah, it was. So... Gate was good. Track was in good condition. Apparently, it rained a lot like the weeks before, so great condition. Racing was good. I think we had like we had semis, we had four racks, I think. So good racing. Let me tell you. So yeah, Sunday put it in the main, but the semi got wild. Let me tell you. So out of the sixteen guys in the semi, okay, one person jumped the berm jump, and that one person was me. One person jumped the berm I, jump. I was what, the, play, what place were you? You jumped. So I was in third. I was coming out of the first turn behind Corbin and Joris. And like I was kind of tucked in beside Joris, a little bit behind, trying to stay behind Corbin, kind of in his draft a little bit. And we go over, and I over the second jump, I see Corbin like kind of 
I don't know. I don't know if he's safety tagged or just, yeah, he tagged the jump. And I was like, what's he doing? Like, don't be doing this to me. So he slams on the brakes. I see George slam on the brakes. And I'm like, I'm making the jump smooth. I'm like, I ain't stopping. So I just darted right and at, like basically up the lip and then up the lip was turning back left and pulled up as hard as I could. And made it. Took it to the absolute moon and yeah, made the jump. And I guess I was the only one that did it in my rack. Was watching the second rack. Oh, no one did it too. And like, that's the crowd went wild. Yeah, Alex was in the gate behind me. Crowd, was, so going crowd was going nuts. Yeah, just past two world so. champs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was pretty cool. But yeah, it got super windy on day two, like to the point where yeah, it was hard to jump the berm. With the it's always so. windy there. Always so windy. But that track's so good. I love racing there. Yeah, I think the turns are great. Like I was, I said it up to a few people mm-hmm. on the weekend where. The turns are good where if you take a good line, someone can't pass you. Yeah. But if you leave it a smidgen open, it leaves opportunity for people to pass and still yeah. keep their speed. They don't just pass you and have to like slow down and lose their speed for the straightaway. Well, it's one of the best uh, tracks to race on, I think, just because the straightaways are so wide open. But the turns, like you can pass, you can hold your speed. Like mm-hmm. I think they could upgrade the track a bit and make it a bit more technical or at least change it up a little bit because it's been the same for years. But for pure racing, like I've always said, it's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I completely agree with that, yeah. too. But, like, yeah. most tracks, we just rode them so many times. Now they're a little boring. Yeah, I know. They're a little boring. I think with that surface, though, it probably cost them so much, and it's mm-hmm. so much work to make it as good as they have, that they're like, hey, we need to leave it. Yeah, I know. But quick yeah. funny story also. It's so a third round on the first day. I was uh, I was in, I don't know what place it was in, third maybe? Fourth? I don't really know. It was in a moto. I uh, butt scuzzed one of the jumps, and when I butt scuzzed, it pulled my pants and my underwear down, like, to my butt. And I was riding half the lap with just my, ass out. Of it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, everybody's got to be seeing this. And like, no one obviously saw this. I wasn't first. I'm mooning everyone there. <laughs> I was laughing myself the whole lap. So that oh, was pretty funny. I had a wardrobe malfunction in Rock Hill. So the World Cup main in 2016, I got cut off down the first straight. And then I was going in the first turn. And as I pulled up into the first turn, my visor like unlatched and fucking fell down. And I, was, <laughs> I could only see like halfway through my halfway through my helmet. Yeah. And I literally had a moment in the first turn I was going around. I almost just sat down and just like blew the thing off my helmet. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, Dude, I can't sit down. It's a world yeah, coming. No. So I just ran the whole lap with like half vision. And if you ever rewatch that main, I look like a complete jackass because I'm sitting like I had to sit like way upright on my bike to just see through a little crack in my helmet. <laughs> Pulled in for a fourth though, so it was all right. That feels good. Yeah, that feels good. <laughs> but yeah, Rock Hill's a good one. Rock yeah. Hill's a good one. Yeah, I like it. Had a good finish. Got a fourth, like you said. So yep. I was happy with the weekend. Oh, it's a really good result. Yeah. Really good result. Must have been stoked. Yeah. Um, busy weekend because it was also racing Verona this weekend. Well, yeah. I still went about it, but um, I raced there in 2016. Actually, me and PH went there for a week to train before Papendal World Cup. And we raced an Italian around there, and um, the track's cool. It's like really wide open and pretty big, but it's like. I don't know how to explain it. I think we talked about this last show, or I can't remember if we talked about it in person or whatever, but mm-hmm. the jumps and turns are all a little weird. And, yeah. like, the turns are big, but you don't use a lot of it. And the jumps, like, I don't know how to explain it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing dangerous, but they're just, like, a little weird. But yeah? It's weird. That is weird. I don't know how to, like, we can back still that, but oh, yeah. it's, I think everyone's probably said the same thing. Yeah, I watched the video of racing. I can't tell you what you mean. Like, the first turn, the first bit of it doesn't really get used and then the end of it does and kind of same with the last turn that thing is massive it's enormous dude you use like a quarter of it <laughs> i watch like the women and like because they come from the right side they can turn early and they're like the chalk line but there it just looks like it looks like there's a hundred feet of turn up there. dude like, how how that high low in the men's final the first day who was it again I can't remember Renault. Renault. Oh, oh it was savage that was savage that was so sick. basically he basically like high low was third to second but almost went into first at one point too i know it was like damn because i was so. watching it like nick had a nick, not like killing them, but he had a decent lead. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden he just ran right up almost next to him. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> that was yeah. so cool. Speaking of uh, Neek, talking about his win streak that he keeps going from eight. 
Fuck Neek. Unbelievable. <laughs> Neek, if you're listening to this, man, fuck you. <laughs> that was impressive. That, that was great. He's, he's on it, man. He's, he looks good. He looks sharp, strong, yeah. fast, full package right now. Yeah, that was cool. Full package. Someone's got to just get in his kitchen, you know? Someone's got to give him a little business. Whoever's <laughs> listening to this, someone just pick seven and move right. <laughs> Don't let him shift down the hill. Just a first pedal chop and jump me up. We need to like bring there. come together collectively as an elite men's class <laughs> and just be like, okay, someone is the designated neek stopper and we'll just do it one one per main. Yep. One, like everyone has to take a turn, take one from the team. Everyone has to sacrifice a main just to yep. blow neek up. <laughs> Well, not, actually, not even blow him up. Just get in his way. Yeah. Everybody in the main will chip in like, like maybe, five bucks. Maybe just maybe. draw straws before. Yeah, you get, yeah. Maybe the guy who does that gets 20% of the win because yeah, he doesn't really get a chance to win. Yeah, exactly. So maybe yeah. he gets 20% of the win and we'll just collectively as a group bring Neek down. Hell yeah, let's do it. That would be so funny. Um, so one of the... So Sylvan, he's obviously our guest on the show. He suggested a social media check-in a few weeks ago. So we're going to start doing this more consistently. So a big... Obviously the big social media thing... Past week was uh, Anthony and Supercross. Yeah, you, I, saw, I saw that online and you told me you had some news and I'm really interested to hear what it's all about. <clears throat> so yeah, first of all, it's really like, it really bothers me like a top guy like Anthony like doesn't have a sponsor mid-season and he didn't kind of happen until now so he doesn't really have a prospect of getting one right now. Like it's crap and like he's a podium threat anywhere he races in the world. Supercross, regular, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He's a top rider. He's got a huge following on social media. He does probably a better job than anyone promoting his sponsors. Like you look at his posts, they're interesting, engaging, he makes sure to tag his sponsors and like, he's a, I think he's a very valuable person for a sponsor. I would completely agree. And I was personally, I was just shocked at the timing. I know. It's so like, weird. It seems like we've just got into the race season. Most people would have their deals or their sponsors all locked down and you'd be moving on like so you can get ready for the race season. And all of a sudden, boom, that comes out. So. I know. I know. And so I was talking to him and apparently they, they couldn't come to an agreement on the contract and it took way longer than it, than it should have to get done. And, um, it came to like, I guess it came to a bigger pay cut with his salary, which I, I really don't understand because it's not like he didn't produce last year or the last couple of years. He's been on the podium a lot and in Maine's a lot, you know? Yeah. Right. I know. So yeah, apparently it was over half and he had no choice to, but to decline. So it's hard because I'm, I'm sure he felt a little disrespected just because it's like three months into the season, you know, and um, he's a man of his word. Like he was still repping the sponsors and still like trying to make it work. So, um, you know, I'm on Anthony. I'm on team yeah. Anthony. Yeah, damn. I would be too. Yeah, like I said, he's one of the best promoters for his sponsors in the game. I'd say so. I know. So obviously, like, he doesn't want to have to leave mid-season. Like that's the last thing he has to do. But at the end of the day, like, you know what? Good for him for like you know standing up what he believes in, and he can leave with his head held high, kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Unfortunately, in that situation, there's other kind of two options. You either just take it and you know feel shitty about what you had to take. Yeah. Or you just you know leave know. his head held high and say I'm not. I'm yeah. worth more. And let's be real, someone will snag him up, if not this year, next year, 100%. You would think. Dude, 100% going into yeah. Olympic year especially, yeah. And yeah. I mean, he's got some other personal sponsors, so he'll be all right. But yeah, that was a shock, for sure. Yeah, I was that definitely was a shock surprised that like sure. he said. He took a big slam in Rock Hill. Oh, dude, yeah, he did. That main? First straight? Yeah. Holy okay, oh, two crashes. Oh, yeah, yeah. About. So he crashed in the first straight. Okay, yeah, but he did. I saw the video of that one. Okay. The other crash I want to talk about. I didn't see that one. Okay. I want to talk about Walker's crash. I don't understand Oh, Walker's crash. crash. I saw it. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Walker, I don't Holy know if you listen to this. Shit. That was a wild ride. Holy crap. Walker, we hope you're okay, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was... He was walking around with a crutch after, I'm sure. Well, because, yeah. There's just landmines yeah. everywhere. Yeah, that, that was a little wild, so... Yeah, well, that's super cross, eh? Yep, pretty much. All right, one last thing before we get to Sylvan. My rant is actually not about Sylvan, but it involves him. So, I'm going through... I'm trying to put this show together for Sylvan, <laughs> and this made me really mad. So, we got a bunch of people leaving questions. A lot of them were good, whatever. 
Um, but a bunch of people were like, oh, so is his lack of results this year due to the world championship jersey? Lack of, is he not training? Is he like, you know, is it a lack of preparation? Like, fucking relax, people. <laughs> what lack of results? It's, it's like, beginning of April, there's been like two races. He's fine. He's been in the mains. What are they He's talking been in about? The, what do you expect? You think just because someone's the world champion, they're going to go and win everything? Yeah, no, like, it doesn't work like does, that. Does like Tiger Woods go and win everything? Does Roger Federer win everything? Like, let's all just chill a little bit here. Sylvan's fine. He's still a top guy. He's still the world champion. He's still going to be on the podium and wins. It's like two days into the new season. Let's all just take a breath. <laughs> and this pissed me off because like, Sylvan's one of my best friends in the sport. And it's just like, people are so quick to judge. He gets like a six at a race instead of a, a second. And people are like, oh, what's wrong? Like, yeah. Have you not seen the elite class these days? Six is a good result. It is, if you're in the main in general, it is stacked. I know. It's ridiculous. So yeah. like, wow, people. Let's all know. just take a breath here. Maybe ooh, I need to take a breath so too. Let's just, ooh, so. <laughs> but I saw that and I was like, I didn't put those in the quick shots because I wanted to slap those people. Yeah, fair. Fair. If you're one of those people, now you know. Like seriously, Sylvan's a champ. He'll be fine. He's fine. He he's fast. He's going to be good. There's literally been like two races. This I know. Time. So come on, people. Let's relax. Let's, let's breathe here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I feel better now. You good now? <laughs> I feel better That's now. good. I thought of like six other rants, but I could, I could do like six rants and drop like 47 F-bombs, but we'll get to still bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Let's get him on the show. All right, James. We're on, who are we on the air with? Let's build him up a little. We are on the air with the 2019 world champ. 2018 world champ. 2018 world champ. Well, 2019. <laughs> 2017. 2017 <laughs> world cup champ. 2010 Junior World Champ. Just started raining. Sylvan Andre, how's it going? Hi guys, how are you? Merci beaucoup uh, for coming on the show today. Uh, we are very oh, excited uh, for uh, the conversation. Uh, All right, the phone fucked up, but we're back here. All right, Sylvan, how's it going, Sylvan? Good, good, good. Back home after a week in, uh, in Italy. Wasn't that good. But uh, yeah, gonna, gonna train like three more weeks before we... We actually start the, the season in uh, in gold. So you're back in Cavaillon now? Yeah, back in Cavaillon for three weeks. Just three. like yeah, some time to prepare for the World Cup. You still you still like uh, going to the Loch Ness Cafe and seeing PH there all the time? I think I've I've never been like a Loch Ness guy, but PH PH is definitely one of like they're the main guy at the Loch Ness. So I go there like three or four times a week. And smoke like three or four packs of cigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I got, I got some funny story. I was doing speed the other day in, uh, in Saint-Jacques. You already know. And uh, he was driving by uh, with uh, a Chilean guy, Diego. And he smokes like three cigarettes during the time I did five sprints. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to, he's getting his breath of fresh air, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... You go for a sprint, he's done with one cigarette, you just like 35 seconds to climb back to the top and you're like, boom, <laughs> one more. Yeah, just classic. I know, so everyone, people that don't know, Sylvain lives in Cavaillon, which is a French town in the south of France, and my old coach PH lives there, and so I, I always used to go stay with PH, and like every day PH would go to a cafe called the Loch Ness Cafe and work and smoke a pack of cigs and just kick it for like two hours. <laughs> That's living. Yeah, going to work, that's what he says, but he's just, yeah, stand there and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Have a beer or a coffee and just hang out. <laughs> it's, not, it's not much of a beer guy, it's more like a cigarette guy. Yeah, you know. He smoked like the mental one, you know, at first. And yeah, he's a big he, boy, so he smoked a real cigarette. So he, he tried to quit a couple times, like when we were working together, and then I bet him like 300 euros or something, or like 500 euros, he wouldn't quit at the end of 2016 and he t took the bet and he still smoked. So I just remembered he owes me 500 euros. <laughs> <laughs> That's big money. So I'll make yeah, sure, I, make sure you. 
Yeah, he's, I'm expecting it in the mail any day now. <laughs> so, how was Verona? There was, uh, yeah, there was, like, the other track is, is weird for, for a Supercross track. It's not like your typical Supercross uh, thing. And James would hate that track as well, that, that starting hill, because <laughs> it's short as well. It's not like Rock Hill where you have no chance to go, like, four and a half. But if you go four and a half or nine, or you call it in, in, in Verona, you end up at the very end. And, and the first day I in practice, like I knew about it, so I went lower in the gear. I was looking at David. Graf, <laughs> you want to go five? I was like, after two laps, I was like, oh, David, is there something wrong? He was like, yeah, I can't go five. <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, that was good because there was like a good level. Everyone was there, all the European, because it was uh, like a different UCI class whatever so yeah, it was good to to get back like to racing after like one month basically with nothing since Oldsmar yeah me and James I was just telling James before you came on that um when I rode Verona a couple years ago like there's nothing really wrong with the track like it's fine but the jumps are all shaped a bit weird do you think the same oh you hear me yeah do you think do you think the same like do you think the jumps in Verona are all a little weird yeah, it's weird. And, uh, this is like the turn are terrible, terrible. <laughs> Worst turn you can ever have on a supercross track. And uh, there's not not much of a flow actually. It's a uh, second straight is steep. The third straight it's flat. There's some deep manual and not like very fun to ride. But uh, yeah, overall for racing was was okay. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good racetrack. Did I hear there's over a hundred dudes there? There was a hundred and nine elite men. That was that was crazy. I heard. You... Think... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, Sylvan. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 thing is, it was 110 elites, and we had a 45 minute uh, practice on Friday, so day before the race, and we had a 50 minute warm up <laughs> before before each day. So I came to the the, the UCI the UCI guy asking for a little more. I was like. No, no, we can't go more because then we gotta the sun goes down, so we can't we can't do the finals and everything. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was uh, that was tricky. Oh, it's, I could I, I could spend a whole show ranting about UCI and those kinds of things. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yeah, let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so you guys we were already do racing. We have a podcast about this, but yeah. it's all right. What was the payout though? Was it the same like UCI payout? I was curious about that because you guys had a lot of dudes, and I wondered if they. Was the same? No, it's the still. Uh, it's um, in Europe in uh, the cup. It's sixteen hundred euro for the win. Okay. And uh, it doesn't matter of uh, how many like entries there is. Whatever it's in Norway and there is thirty dudes or one hundred and ten like this weekend in Verona. It's always the same. <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah. We had twenty nine guys, I think, in Rock Hill, and we got the uh, USA BMX three grand for the win payout. So oh, Supercross payout. Yeah. That's a lot better than having a hundred plus dudes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Riding Supercross sure, too. Sure, sure. Jesus uh, Christ. So, but, yeah, yeah. So now this year, obviously, you're coming off last year winning the world championships. How is it riding with the rainbow jersey? It's great. It's great. It's it's a. Uh... At first, I didn't actually, like, it took me a, a while to realize because um, I knew that I had to, like, wear that jersey, even in training. So I make sure, like, I'm not going to go to the races, be like, oh, that's that's weird. I feel weird with this and everything. But, yeah, it's great. You know, it's just uh, it's just a little too white. So sometimes it gets dirty. But, uh, yeah, overall looks looks better than the jersey I had in the past. Do you... 
do you feel anything like people expect more of you or do you feel like you're more of a spotlight now or any anything like that like is it difficult in that way at all or just you just kind of go with it i think i think people from the like the outside of bmx they, they'd be like oh do what they go to a race if i'm there they say okay that's the, the world champ is there so at some point you gotta you gotta win the race you know but i don't think it changed much in the like the beam like the, the people that know bmx okay like that guy is the world champ but we know if that guy is going to win or not like it doesn't really matter to them i would say but to me it's just yeah like i'm a racer i go to a race and like yeah it doesn't really change anything i think it's more in the like outside world people that expect you maybe to win every single time but uh, if that's the next 30 second everything can happen <laughs> yeah sure troy had a rant about all the people that were uh giving you us comments and questions for you about how you're you're not winning right now or what's wrong with sylvan oh my god it, it and... was it was ridiculous eh? you'll hear it when you listen back but like if we got a few questions that was like oh what's wrong why isn't he winning blah blah, blah. it's like dude just chill there's been like two races Seriously. <laughs> there's been yeah, two man, races it's, it's funny as well because let's say so I, I was thinking about it after uh, Osma and, and Phoenix, and I kind of like did the same result in Phoenix Osma the last three years. <clears throat> but this time, since I have the ra- the rainbows on, like oh, he, he wasn't in the main in Phoenix. Wow, it sucks. He's the world champ. But <laughs> yeah, like I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, people on the outside, they're never going to understand. So I don't know. That yeah. jersey is just heavy. At some bro. point, <laughs> like if you pay attention to what people say like yeah you never stop thinking so yeah yeah exactly yeah. well circling back to kind of 2016 sylvan um i'd yeah. say from those kind of years before 2016 you didn't have the kind of the success you've had now but back in sarasota then 2016 you won the world or the world cup tt there broke t- a <laughs> streak over here i'm still i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm still yeah. upset <laughs> still upset still upset but since then, like uh, moving after that, 2017, 2018, you've had a lot of success on the World Cup circuit and like world champs. Um, do you think that kind of after the Olympics there, Sarasota, was that kind of a breakthrough for you? Not, not really. I think uh, um, Sarasota was my first podium, but if you look at the race, uh, at the race, that was a pretty, uh, pretty lucky one. But I don't really know what changed, like from the my first years in elite to. Uh, 2017, 2018, uh, 18 season. I think it's just you start getting good result and and uh, like uh, what I did in Papendal at uh, 2017 when I I, I won mm-hmm. on the first day. I guess yeah, that was the first day. Mm-hmm. And I think it's there's a big difference between knowing you can do something like okay, I'm fast, I can be in the main, I can be on the podium, whatever, and actually doing it. And I think it's pretty simple, and everyone say that. But there's a big step. I, even going, going back to 15, 2016, I knew I had the speed to be in the main event and battle for a podium and, uh, and everything. But like, if you don't do it, you kind to, you're still lying to yourself some, like, somehow. And I think the, 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 the real change came in Papinol when I won uh, the first day. Sorry to Big Dave on this one, but uh, I had to go to. <laughs> And uh, yeah, from from that, it was like, okay, like I know I can be in the main. I know I can win races now. 
and it just helps. It just helps that the next race you feel confident, so you're good and you're like not not that nervous or whatever, and you do good, and the next race you do good, and yeah, it's been two great years so far. Yeah, and I know, like in being in 2016, you were fast. Like I know we've we've known each other a long time. And what what the hell are you doing oh. over there? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I just heard a lot of noise. <laughs> Um, I was saying, like, at the beginning, yeah, of 20, beginning of 2016, like, obviously, we, me and you, we've known each other a long time and, and raced each other a long time, and so I've seen you race a lot, and you were really fast, like, you were doing well, you were winning a lot of laps and stuff, but it just seemed like you were maybe missing a little something in the semi, I don't know if it was maybe a, you're nervous, you think you were nervous because yeah, of Olympic qualification? I think it's, or? It's, 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 yeah, it comes with the, with the confidence, you know, it's, I was at some point where, like, as you said, uh, like, I knew I, I had a good speed. But for me, like the semi was the last lap of the day, and I was like all in on nothing in that semi. But then I realized it's, it doesn't work that way because obviously, like the semi is not the last lap of the day. And if you put too much pressure on that lap, maybe you're gonna like do some mistake that you would you wouldn't do them in the, in the quarters. Sometimes I would go, I would make it in a like tough quarter, and in the semi, I would yeah, I would like stress and and then do some bad decision bad lines or bad gaze and uh ended up not making it to the to the final and i did it in uh in manchester i did it in semi i went like i did a shitty semi as well in Papenhall, but i was in my motor i was battling with maris and david you know and in the semi i was fifth or sixth and they were one and two so yes yeah, it has to, to come with confidence because yeah when, when you when you've done it once it's much easier after that. Yeah, exactly. but you gotta do it once. Yeah, it's a crazy thing about like people talking about confidence in our sport, and when you're running on a high, you can keep it going for a lot longer. And if you hit a low, it's hard to bounce back because, as much as people say, "Well, start believing in yourself," it's like it's hard to believe in yourself if you don't have that result to kind of fall back on. So, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, because sometimes you go to a race, and a lot of times when things are going well, like everything's easy, and you're just clicking the laps off effortlessly, and then making the main at a world cup or even like battling for podiums or whatever seems kind of easy. But then those other right. times, those other times, like when you're in a hole or whatever, like even making out of the quarter semi feels like a freaking uphill mountain climb, you know, yeah, out of moto sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you have to just like, always think about the high and, and think about the day. As you say, it's already like, yeah, this day, everything seemed so easy. And uh, I made it through the round so easy. And you have like to keep that, that mindset. Cause otherwise, you're going to do some stupid mistake and, uh, and go in the stand instead of uh, being on the gate. Yeah. So do you think with this added confidence, like, does it make you or help you relax a little more? Because, I mean, to me, when I see you on the races or at, like at any of the events, you're always Mr. Easygoing, happy-go-lucky, you know, just having a good time with everybody. But you're also serious about when you race. Um, right. Does that, does that affect you at all? Like, does the confidence help you out just to stay relaxed? I think it's it's maybe the other way around. Like I'm always relaxed anyway, and I think it's not really about I'm at the BMX race. It's it's always uh, I'm, I'm always like that in uh, in real life. But um, yeah, I think someday you're so you're so confident that you you can do whatever you want. You like you know you're gonna make it, and you're on the gate. You're like yeah, whatever was on the gate with me, I'm gonna make it, and maybe I'm I'm gonna like you know you're gonna be on the podium at some at, at some point. You know. And uh, I, I don't know if the attitude is like because of that attitude or maybe the result of the confidence, but so far it, it works. Yeah, and I think one of the most impressive things is you're able to, 
even some days if you're not pulling or, or feeling good, I think you're one of the few people who can still um, get on the podium. I think that's really impressive. Yeah, sure, because uh, I think that was Mikey, Mikey there. He was saying this in an interview. It was uh, like, you improve on the bad, like on the day that uh, you don't feel good, but you turn it into, into a, a real good day. And I think that's why that's what else needs to uh, yeah go at some at some races especially in, in like beginning of the season i'm always struggling and not that pulling as i do later in the season but you know you go to a race and I'm, i don't want to feel like okay i'm not pulling so i'm gonna stay behind and and go out in quarters you know if you go to the races you don't take all the risks but like you take you take enough risk to make it to the to the final, and uh, yeah, someday I'm, I'm like after a few a few games, I know I'm not pulling as much as the dude out front, but uh, I still know that I can like race them, and if I'm not out front down the down the hill or into the first turn, I might be out front at the finish line, and at the end, that's uh, that that uh, that what matters. That's, yeah, that's a true racer right there. Yeah, that's a I race like mentality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I think people like, and especially kids, they focus maybe too much on like gate pulling and everything. Obviously, even me, it's it's ninety percent of my training, but it's not because you're dead last at the first turn that you just gotta stop and and be like, oh, I suck, I'm bad at gates, everything. It's yeah. It's all right. It's just one straight. It's three to go. Make yeah. it to work. So many people like to go to a race and they're not pulling and they almost mail it in before it even starts. And like, huh. I've always just wanted to battle and race. And PH always used to tell me like, who cares if you're pulling? Just find a way. There's always a way through. There's You can always make it through a round even if you're not pulling. Yeah. Like, look sure, at Carlos. Like, oh, 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 let's yeah. let's like create win. a new sport, which is like a whole shot challenge. Like, diff- kind of different sport. But uh, yeah, so far, our sport is, is BMX racing. It's 35 seconds. And uh, like... Obviously, it's easier and uh, and more enjoyable to all shot and win the race and don't stress about anything. But like, yeah, if you gotta make it, you gotta work for it. And if you if you win the semi or get second, you're in the main anyway. Yeah, yeah. look at Kai White as of late. Like he's obviously not slow off the start, but that guy's been a, just battling. Mm-hmm. He's been making podiums just from racing around the track. So that's cr- that's crazy. That's but a, the thing is, yeah, that but is crazy because. <laughs> With a guy like this, I was like, okay, he can, he can do that. But at some point, he's gotta make mains to get some fifth, get some sixth, get some podiums, and eventually wins. And he actually like make those mains. And even this weekend in Verona, at some point, he was like fourth, fifth, in eighth quarter, and made made his way back to first or second. So and then keep uh, having like some inside uh, inside lines and doing the same thing over and over. And that that was impressive. Yeah, I don't think I see you get passed down the last straight a lot, Sylvan, but I've seen him pass you a couple <laughs> times. <laughs> oh, Does he haunt your dreams? <laughs> Even in the final, I was in fifth. I took, like, the, the, the last time in Verona is tricky, and there was a line, Renaud Blanc did it all weekend long. It was, like, going on the outside and, and going low at the middle of the turn, going out on the exit, and that was so much faster. So the, if there was someone in front of you, you just do that, you would pass him for sure. Yeah. I was in fifth. Yeah. No chance to catch the guy in fourth, but I was like, okay, let's keep that uh, that fast line. I Take that fast cruising. line. Going into the table top, I see him going like twice my speed. Like, <laughs> oh, 
I actually tell him fuck you before he finish like <laughs> Definition of anxiety is having Kai White behind you down the last straight. <laughs> oh, really? Really? I can tell you. But yeah, like I totally agree. Like, I mean, the gates are important. It is important to focus on that. But like, I think a little bit is uh, there's a little maybe too much focus on gates these days, and uh-huh. people aren't working enough on race tactic or track speed. Like, when you get to a race, good gate, bad gate, who cares? Just compete. But uh, the, the thing is, sometimes even like. Even a lead guy, they'd be like, I didn't make it because I hit the gate or because I was pulling, but not that much, blah, blah, blah. And they don't even think about maybe if I didn't make it, it's okay because I had a bad gate. But then I, I wasn't smart enough to find the good lines or I, was, I wasn't fast enough on the jump to pass the guy in front of me. But some of them seems like they don't even think about it. They were like, oh, I was slow down the ramp, so I didn't make it. Yeah, like, who cares? Get out there and compete. I don't understand why people, like, a lot of people just don't compete these days. They just try and have good starts and first race, and if they don't, yeah. they don't even battle. Like, just fight to the finish line regardless. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, that's, and that's also that's typical, that's, like, the North American things. And uh, even if you're in Europe, it's not, like, even if the young class and everything... People are racing. If you go to a USA BMX race, you, you watch the, the 15, 16X. It's the same, like, they go, the guy in all shot, and then it's, sing, it's a single fight till, till the end, and no one really race. And when someone uh, smashes someone out of a turn, it's a big drama all over the track, all over on the on social networks. But just, yeah, come to a Euro round and... And people smash people out of the terms uh, at, at fucking every round. <laughs> yeah, like I, and there's, I, and there's no and there's no drama about it. I think I think a lot of that has to do with the tracks. If you look at the European tracks, I think you have to be a more complete rider to win on them and do well. Whereas in the US, like a lot of the tracks, um, if you have a good start and you're good to the first jump, you can win. You don't need much skill around the track. Sure, sure, but if you have the good speed, you can pass people. Like that's what happened to me when I first I did my first race in the US, like. 11, 12, 13, I raced, I raced maybe like two or three races a year in the US just because I love the sport. And, and I could make finals. And at the time, compared to the guy that was in the gate, I was like pulling 50% of what they had. But you could like go on the inside and, and pass them on the track. And even some, sometimes some, like some riders, some older guy, they were mad because there was not usual. Do you have some guy that take lane one and fucking go on the inside in the, in the first turn and, and smash him? But at some point, I made it to the final this way and, and I was happy about it. Yeah, so obviously, like you said, you, you like racing in US and in Europe and everywhere. Like, What do you think are the main differences between the US and Europe when it comes to racing? I think it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to do both because uh, I like the fact that in the US... Maybe that, like, like not it used to be, unfortunately. But um, there's less riders, so you don't have to go through like three motos with like some sorry, but some like random elites and go through eights and everything. You start first moto, and as they scramble the moto, it's it's already game on. I mean, for me, it's still game on sometimes. And, uh, and yeah, like after f- five, six, uh, six rounds, it's it's over. When you go through year round, yeah, sometimes you go through models and tracks are long and uh, it's not the same, how to say, like, I don't know how to explain, but the level is good, but 
I, I cannot put words in this. <laughs> Let's say it's it's maybe easier to go in the final in the US sometime, but to get a podium is harder than Europe. I don't know what you mean. Like if you see what I mean? Yeah, we get that. Because in in, in the, the Euro round, you gotta go through through many rounds, and uh, and there's such a lot of good guys that you can either go out in the semi or almost like podium it. You know, in the US, it's like there's the very like three four guys, and there's more like classes in the class and I think that's the main difference apart of the, of the track and, and the timing and everything yeah that's fair like sometimes I go to US race and I go against Joris on a flat hill it's like I feel like I got no shot because he's just that's he's so strong at the flat hill <laughs> like, right <laughs> different level <laughs> yeah that's right so do you enjoy racing in the US or Europe more like which one do you think kind of suits your style I don't think I have a style I know, like, like tracks like Phoenix are not my style, but uh, yeah, I'm not really I'm, like gonna say eight meter or five meters. Uh, I don't know, like. I thought you wanted a ten meter. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. The thing is, with tracks, I like uh, if the track has a good flow and we keep a good speed all the way around, it's good. Like the old reveal, for example, was I think to me the perfect track because uh, the hill was flat. The first race was made for a guy with big legs and we were pulling. But then you, you kept a good flow, you kept a good speed, and then you get the there was a huge pros, uh, the, the the pro section, the pro set, I should say. And the the last race was tricky as well. And the, I don't really know if I have like a kind of track that that suits me more. But uh, I like I definitely like them when you keep a good speed the entire track. Sometimes we go to the US and we go with the French guy. And the track's shit because everything's so flat, but everything's so fast as well. And I think I prefer like something flat and fast that something maybe like some, sometimes we have in Europe with like steep jumps and everything, but there's no flow. You know what I mean? Like the track we had in um, the European champ in uh, Glasgow, it was terrible <laughs> because there was, there was the worst supercross track. I, th I think, very, yeah this one and the one in Italy, but there was no flow, you know, and you would go to the turn and you have to pedal as hard as you can and you wouldn't make speed out of the, of the jumps. Yeah. So, yeah. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> we were talking about... fast, it's good for me. Yeah, Tori and I were talking about just like Rock Hill where the track's super easy, yeah, but it's a good racetrack because you seem to always carry speed and even if you want to go low in the turn, you still carry speed out and the jumps aren't too big. Whereas if you go low, you can still make them over clean. It's just obviously not very technical. It's one of the more yeah, easy Yeah, and it's wide as well. So you can yeah, yeah. go like either right or left and you still have a chance. Not like Santiago where you only have this only one way to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I hate that yeah. track. <laughs> but being one of, like a more well-rounded rider like yourself, Sylvan, you've obviously been in the U.S., Europe, you've been all over to race um, in the sport. What do you think are the things that we could kind of change in racing to take it to the next level? Wow. I think it's a big question and I'm, I don't think I'm old enough to uh, <laughs> to answer that. But it's, I think we have to... Like if you look at the Euro round, actually, there was a live stream and uh, so people could watch it and everything. But the, the guy, the, 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 the starter, was running the gates every 25 seconds. Mm -hmm. So... You're on the live stream and you, you can't see the race. And I think 
we sh- we should go to something that the USA BMX did with the Supercross series because it was easy to watch for for people and and good for racer. Not not even talking about the price money and everything. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, I don't really know it. I don't even like. I never like really think about it. Like what we could do, what like how the races could be better. I just go to the one I like and. And I don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you, do they still do the block format at the Euro rounds? No, they go. Uh, they go. It's a thirteen and plus, including the elite. So they go thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, blah blah blah, junior and elites. And that's good because it's uh, they give us like a forty-five to an hour break between uh, models, and that's good because it used to be just us. So sometimes it was like 15 minutes between laps that was terrible. Hmm. So I think I think this is good and uh, yeah, it give us like some some time to recover and not too long, so you don't have to actually warm up again like you have to do sometime in the US. But uh, yeah, that that block thing was was good this weekend. Yeah, I always thought it'd be good if they did the amateurs in the morning and they did the pros as kind of a show in the evening, kind of like they do at the grands. And they could do a live stream, whether it's in Europe or USA, BMX, or whatever. And then, like, me and James, for instance, are big uh, Supercross and Motocross fans. And um, what they do, like, after they have a press conference as well that, that with the podium guys they put on YouTube. Like, I don't know why. They could do the same thing in Europe or USA, BMX or uh, the, at the World Cup. Because, yeah. like, people would watch them. I Absolutely. Do, I do watch them. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, we all would. So, there's, like, I feel like there's a bunch of little things that we could do as, like, a, a sport that um, we just aren't for whatever reason. Yeah, that's right. But then, then you get like it comes down to talking about it with the organizer and all those UCI and US, like European Union commissaire. And as I say earlier, I came to the guy and asked for like just five minutes more of practice, and the guy said no way. So like, it doesn't like no, they don't listen. Help like it doesn't help. You like if yeah. if the guy say that you don't want to help him about putting on a great race because some like. They don't understand what they're doing actually sometimes. Yeah, we just so, we don't have communication. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so some of those people they're just like not into BMX. They're they are into cycling at the at the UCI or everything. But they're not into BMX and uh they wouldn't understand why this could be good or not because they, they don't know anything about the sport. No, really they don't. I like I think it was Liam I think said this to us where We'd uh, mic a couple people up on the circuit or for a day at the race and <laughs> just have like, them mic'd up and have a video of them the whole day. I think that would be so entertaining for people to watch. You're right. Um, yeah. So growing up, Sylvain, you were, had a successful amateur career, um, ending with a world championship in, in when you were 16. Right. China. Um, <laughs> 2008. Boom. 2008. Boom. It, it was, yep. We traded him. I won 07, Sylvain 108. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, did you find it kind of difficult to go from amateur to junior to elite? Or um, did it kind of just feel like one step after the other pretty smooth? Yeah, it came to me. It was pretty easy. Uh, I, I wasn't struggling at all like some junior that moves to elite the, are doing right now. But I think it was also because of the era. You know, when uh, we were... Uh, we were we turned elite in 2011, but yeah. then we were already racing World Cup. And I think at the time, 
when it was a 64 guy that made it to the to the to the race actually at the time there was just like 70 maybe 75 percent 75 guys that could race the track full speed and and make it to the race you know and today there's so much like good riders and uh and i think that what that what makes it makes it um harder for the for the juniors because uh yeah, going to juniors to elites, it's a completely different class. And at the time, we had the advantage of, with the skills we had, as some, like, new, young racer, we could still compete, in a way, with the top guys. And I think that that helped me uh, to, uh, like, stay motivated at first, because I was making a lot of models and doing quarters at the World Cup. So even I got smoked on the Euro round the weekend after that, I was, like, still happy and motivated to to train and uh and race the next world cup yeah I, I think these days it's just so stacked like even if you're good on the bike like it doesn't it won't really make that much of a difference because everyone's pretty good on the bike now you know yeah that's right and that's yeah i can remember at the time in in yeah the, the the first years i did the world cup it was easy to get like a top 20 in the in the time trial because you would go just like 85, 90% and, mm-hmm. and you would make it to the super final. I, th- I wonder what, like, what happened if we would do this today? Cause if you go 90% in Papendal, you get top 45. <laughs> I remember in, in 2011, there was a guy that, that wasn't even jumping the second straight and they would make it to the, like, to the top 64. Never gonna happen today. That'd be tough to get top 64 now at a World Cup, like in Paris when there's 230 people. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. You'd have to ride your balls <laughs> off in the time trial. <laughs> yeah, it'd be wild. It's crazy. You guys, I felt like, as a younger kid, I saw your age group, Sylvan and Tori. You guys kind of came into Supercross as the young kids, but also were kind of the first age to grow into Supercross, in a sense. And you guys have been basically, in my, set, my opinion, at the top of the sport Basically, since then, are the only guys that have been up there that long. Um, how was that for you? Like, I feel like it's, it must be hard. I, I, I think it would be hard, at least, staying at that high level from such a young age to now. Yeah, but I think, I, I, I don't know why. Maybe, like, it's, uh, yeah, it's generations. You, you look at the UCI uh, ranking and the, the 91, 92. I think maybe it was just a matter of, of luck. There was so many talented riders that were born in 91 and 92. So I don't don't really know if it has something to do with the Supercross coming and being new or it was was luck. Because actually, okay, we were the first, like, a new generation, but the first time I rode the Supercross starting gate was in Fréjus at the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And the second time was at Fréjus at the next, uh, like, the next year. But today, like today, the kid, they, they are 12, 12 or 13. They, they can, they have access to uh, those big facilities and they train on. So I think it was just maybe like a matter of luck and having a lot of guy born in those two years. Yeah, I agree. Like my first World Cup, I went to Copenhagen when I was 16 or 17. And it was my first time ever seeing a supercross track. And you just don't see that anymore, like you said, because. <laughs> no, and, and wow. So, so you basically like travel the world and. Just have a crack. over the, the, the supercross ramp during those one and a half hour of practice. Yep, so an hour and a half just to go down the ramp for the first time, ride a supercross track for the first time, <laughs> and just go for it. <laughs> wow, that's mental. And then, and then there was, there was, like, I was so nervous at the beginning of the champ show 
Oh yeah. Going by yourself is not something you usually do, and you know, like the pressure you had on, on your shoulder at that time, like you knew if you should be perfect to get like top forty or fifties or whatever. Oh my god! And even I think. Even after the years, I think we, we stopped the, the time trial in 14, I guess, 13 maybe. But I was always nervous in time trial. I don't know why. Like, much more than, than in the race. Yeah. You case, you case the jump and you feel like you're so slow, but <laughs> you're actually not. So you, you like, you pedal much more in that turn and you hit the pedal and, and everything <laughs> goes down from there. It was, ah, oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Like, it was, it was a good feeling when, when, when you finally had the flow and, like knew how to do things and everything, but the very the first time that was oh yeah I was scared. Yeah, like the thing the first time I went to Copenhagen was the first time I think I ever did a time trial. I was so nervous, <laughs> and then in the in the gate, Kurt Picard was before me and front flipped the first jump. Oh boy! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but it, it didn't jump manual like uh, the Canadian guy did in Madrid, right? So oh no, Nick Benetti. Did we talk about this a different show with me or someone? The, these things yeah. come up all these the things time. Come, he's, he's face internet famous. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's internet but, famous. The, the thing is, the crash itself is is obviously nice. And, we were on top of the hill, still, man. But the thing is, is that he spent the entire weekend with no t-shirts on because it was just like, yeah, it was a pizza. The guy was a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> the pizza. And the best, the best part of me, Sylvan. Connor and Corbin run top of the hill, and we watch him. And Sylvan turns to me, he's like, "What was that?" I, was like, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, that was good. Good times. Time trials are pressure cookies, though. Time I, trials are tough. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Yeah, time trials are tough. I had one back in back in uh, I think it was 2012 when they had it in Chula, and uh, long story short, I was really small back then. Basically, I had to wind the turn up just to make the berm. It was windy that day for the time trial, and I ended up not jumping the berm. But I was like, screw it, I'll finish my lap, whatever. I'll just be a man about it. So I didn't want to cut off. So I started jumping through the third straight. Ended up casing a couple. Went to start manualing. Almost looped out the manual, <laughs> shot over my handlebars, and did like a front flip. And like obviously time trial, like you said, you're the only one out there. So exposed. Eight shit. I'm like, oh my god, did that uh, just that, happen? That, that might be so awkward. I broke my collarbone. I just, I didn't care. I got my bike and just walked right off the track. I was like, get, <laughs> get me off out the of track. Here. Get me out of here. Oh, it's hard because like there's no time you're more on display than a time trial. No, everybody right. sees everything. Every, everyone. Everyone. Everybody. And I've crashed. I crashed so hard in two time trials. I ate shit so hard. Yeah. Oh, it's just you feel so stupid. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, rest in peace, time trial. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean that that was good when there was like. Uh, I liked it. Th- yeah, that was good when there was something in the line other than like pressure. Like you know, I hate when when we were like. Uh, Top sixty-four, but you gotta go top sixteen at the first round if you want to make it to the super final. I hated it, but I hated. Uh, I liked the fact in the super final there were points for the for the World Cup, and you could actually like go all in on nothing. I like I liked it this way. Yeah. But when you when you had to go like top sixteen, but if you crash, you go back home. It's it's not good. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, they should have kept it at the Worlds, I think, for a jersey too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that would sure. be cool. Yeah. So, Sylvan, so kind of circling back around here again to uh, we want to kind of talk about the Olympics. And so, someone like yourself, you have the rainbow jersey now. You've had a lot of success in the sport, but you haven't qualified for the Olympic team because I mean, let's be real, the French team is so there's so much depth there. Um, was that hard for you not qualifying in 2016 
that was yeah that was definitely harder than uh, than in 2012 but um i mean you know like obviously i love bmx i love racing and everything but uh it was a hard pill to swallow for sure at first but then i was like okay like life goes on i'm gonna keep racing bmx i'm gonna like going to the olympics for me has never like really be a dream like being a pro has never really be a dream for myself and uh, i think going to the olympics just to go there is not a goal like if if you if you go there it's, it's to get a medal and in 16 even if i could have qualified i knew like i had, i didn't have the level to to uh, to get a medal there anyway so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try next time. And uh, I know, like, what not, like, another thing you don't have to do and you don't have to crash the twirls, the year, the, like, the year of the Olympics. That, yeah. that, that's one thing I learned uh, this time. But, uh, yeah, it was it was okay to me. It's just another BMX race, and uh, I missed it. And I tried to do my best to, to be there next time and, and, most importantly, be there to do something good and, uh, and get a medal. Just yeah, going going in Tokyo to to eat sushi. I can I can do that every <laughs> like I can do that whenever I want. You know? so, so obviously the World Cups are a big focus. But is there any like obviously the French team, like James said, is really stacked. You guys got a lot of fast guys that could potentially go and be a metal threat. But do you guys have specific criteria you need to accomplish to go, or how's the team going to be picked? Um, for for this time we're gonna have um uh. Like they have in the US, uh, like some internal ranking, like based on the World Cup, World Championships, and uh, Euro Championships, which is, I think, a total of 18 races, like 18 days of racing. And, uh, but then we don't know yet if only the top guy of that ranking will go to the Olympics, or maybe it's going to be two guys out of this ranking plus one pick from the coach. So, yeah, so far we know we're going to have this uh, kind of, of thing, but uh, not, not more. So are you going to, like, are you going to, like, pee in your friend's cornflakes in the morning or what before the race? <laughs> <laughs> At some point, maybe we're going to do this. <laughs> and then everyone's going to go to the races by himself because they don't want to risk anything. Yeah, fuck Sylvan, I'm going by myself. <laughs> um, you guys are all friends, though, right? Like, you guys are all cool guys in the team. Yeah, that's, that's cool because, yeah, actually the thing is, you look at who's in the team and sometimes we go to a camp in the US and it's the same group of, of riders and uh, I think that what that what helps us to uh, to be good at the, at the races as well because we know we know each other so much and uh, we've been well, like we've been doing training racing parties together and so we know how to react to each other on, on the day you know even if Sylvain is the is the joker at some point in the tent, you're gonna realize, okay, I'm not gonna tell him something stupid or he's not, he don't want to laugh this time and, and, and the guy would understand it. And, uh, I think that, yeah, that, that's good to, to us because whatever the result is, uh, at the end of the day, everyone's friend and, uh, and when you pass like a teammate, uh, like I did on Romain in Pabendor for a third, you cross the line and, and five minutes after that, you smile to each other and I think that's good. Yeah, friends off the track and everyone's for themselves on the track. I think that's the best way. Better be with like with the team we had. If if we were not friends off the track, that that'd be that'd be tough. Yeah, wait though. You said party. You don't party. 
I don't think you party at no, all. No, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, you don't I like just, beer. Uh, I just train and, and race. Yeah, serious, Mr. Race. Serious all the time, Sylvan Andre. No partying. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't party that much. Like, no, not I, as I used to do. No, nah, we're, yeah, we're just But you, right. do, you do eat a lot of candy though, right? Yeah, a lot of candy. Yeah, a lot of shitty stuff. I'm like, I'm actually, I, I did a bet with, uh, with Eva that I stopped drinking alcohol from April 1st to the, when the baby come. So it's due to be end of May. So I'm going to be a month and a half alcohol free. Uh, so maybe I'm going to get like, I'm going to lose a kilo or two and they're going to help. <laughs> We didn't. We forgot to talk about that too. We're excited that you're uh, for your baby. That's due. Are you excited? Oh, you're yeah, about sure. to ask about that. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, are you excited with your new family coming? How's that? How's Ava? Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be cool. Ava is doing is doing well. Like, obviously, you talk to a lot of people, and some of them told tell you the the story, and the the mom has been sick, or like the guy say, "Fuck!" After three months, she would just stay on the sofa for for all day long and everything. But yeah, Eva's doing good. She's just, uh, you know, she's a physio. She's been working, uh, she just stopped working like two weeks ago because uh, she's, I think, seven months in. I don't know how many weeks it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she's still doing CrossFit and everything. Never been sick. So uh, yeah, so far, I think I'm really lucky. And she is well, but yeah. Yeah, I'm really but excited. It's for, like, for, for a racer, if you have, uh, if your girl is pregnant and, is having issues with that? That could that could be yeah, that could be bad for for your training and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. I'm really happy for you both. That's gonna be awesome. Thank you. What? Yeah, little girl. Oh yeah. When's the so baby? Hope, is your baby? Shot? I hope she's not gonna race. Yeah. Give give her like a golf club or a tennis racket. Yep. Those are the two. Yeah, something she can make money out of it. <laughs> let, let her pick. That's fine. She can pick. It just has to be one. Just of has those to be two. golf or tennis. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> choose you can pick one of them but you cannot choose yeah do what you want you have two options <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, i'll do what she wants and i think the thing is i can we can think about it uh, talk about it in the year two but she's gonna grow up watching that on the bicycle but at some point she's gonna ask for a bicycle and everything but yeah if if she rides bmx i make sure she got skills yeah. I don't care. No, no pool, no gates. It's okay. But yeah, get get yourself some skills. <laughs> I try agree. Some manual. Hundred percent. Don't be scared, and and that's fine. Yeah, agreed. Okay. All right, James. Quick shot questions. Yeah, moving on to the next segment of the show. Are you familiar, Sylvan? Yeah, I've listened to uh, to a few of them, so I guess I'm, a, I'm a fan of the show. He's a brother of the show. Brother, you're, of the a, show. you're a brother of oh, the show. Oh, wow, that's next level. That is next, next level. level. All right, you want me to start it off, Terry? Start us off. All right, this one's from at Blake Matthew. What meals are you eating the 24 hours leading up to a race? Basically, what, uh, what is in the menu, what the, the French team decided, but nothing special like meat, pasta, or whatever. I'm not really good with nutrition, so I just make sure I don't go to McDonald's and and if there's only pizza on the menu, it's a, it's a pizza for the win. <laughs> Esteban, Esteban Heno, best BMX memory. Wow. Uh, gotta be, gotta be Wills, I think. Oh, I think actually the first moto in Madrid. 
Oh, 2010. Yeah, yeah I it's remember quick, that. It's a quick shot, so I'm not going to explain. No, the, no, no, please tell me. I'm interested. You got me interested. What, uh, what is it? He had a super stacked moto, and he was junior, and he won, and he beat DR, who was the world champ at the time. Oh, that's bad. And I had a fist pump at yeah. the line. It was, it was, it was pretty <laughs> bad. I got to say, though, straight up, the moto was gnarly. Yeah? It was the was, hardest one for sure. That was, I yeah. think that, there was three Frenchies. So there was Quentin Coyron, Joris, me, and then there was uh, Donnie, Stromy. And Bloomfield was there. There was a Dutch guy. I think it was Bissening. It was gnarly. Yeah, that so was. So basically, on paper, I had like twenty percent chance to make it. <laughs> and fucking won the first moto. That could have been amazing. Fifth in the second, and then I got disqualified because the, the Bissening on the on the step down. You know, there was a big box. Like there was the first box yeah. step up, step down kind of jump, mm-hmm. and it crashed going down. So I jumped outside of the white line just like to avoid him and not to crush on him and they gave me seven points but i made it <laughs> fucking uci that's well all right at james palmer 66 how does this guy eat so much candy and so many oreos and still be lean as fuck uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has something to do with genetics because yeah i i don't eat good and my um, nutrition is not good but yeah i love oreo Crazy. And panda right. express and all this thing you have in america <laughs> All right, from at KVDG202, Kevin Van Grundel. How do you deal with bad races when riding with the rainbow jersey? Ooh, good question. I don't think I, I deal different than uh, I, would, I would do with the, with the normal one. I think that's the real key. Because uh, yeah, if you had a bad race, it's, uh, it's because, yeah, you didn't pick the good line or didn't, did, didn't have a good gait or whatever. So I don't really think, fuck, I went out in semi and I had a rainbow on like yeah I went out in semi because this and this and this so rainbow on a rainbow I sucked (laughs) at Nick Long 64 what department store do you get your determination from because it's unrelenting (laughs) where is that don't get it where do you buy your determine where do you get your determination from what's it ah okay I don't know I think I think the love of racing and uh and the, the fact that even if in a, I'm in a bad spot on the gate or somewhere on the outside, I like, I love to race. So even if I knew I'm going to be in the pack, I'm going to enjoy it. Where some, maybe sometimes some people will not enjoy it. So yeah. And, and the thing we travel so like, sometimes we go so far that I don't want to be there and just go 90%. You know, it's give it, give it, give it all. And, uh, and I think as as long as you give it all, I'm happy with that, you know, whatever is the result. But uh, if I do a good gait, do a good first rate and everything, if I don't make it, I'm still happy, you know. Where, where sometimes I can win a lap and be like, ah, oh, that wasn't good, that wasn't good. But yeah, if if you're able to give your 100% at the moment, I'm good. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that mentality. All right, from at T Nighthawk 49 what race would you like to have back? To, to have, sorry, I, that, that was, I, I couldn't hear. Uh, what race would you like to have back? <sighs> I, th- I would say, I would say maybe Shula 2010, but on the other, on the other, on the other hand, I don't want any race back because uh, I think you learn from what happened on that day. And if you go back to a race and you change the process, 
then you wouldn't learn what you learn, you know? So, yeah, no races. But I guess Even I, where, where I crashed everything, no. I must I say 2010, that final, my favorite race of all time. That, that was cool, huh? Yeah, my favorite race ever. <laughs> so. Sorry, wheelers. <laughs> um, at Full Factory Greg, this is from my dad. Did, oh. Does Sylvan know that you're the one who gave him his Instagram name? <laughs> yeah, you actually you actually told me. I was I was surprised when I was full factory Greg follow you, but then I realized, yeah, maybe the only one to 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 call him this way. It's because my dad went to the Grands in 2017, and my dad was kitted out with full S squared shirt, answer hoodie, S squared hat, and Sylvan came <laughs> over. He's like, hey, full the factory camera, Greg, got the, nice, got the S squared T-shirt, everything like. You, you, like you don't you don't know him. You think he's the team owner. <laughs> <laughs> and so he called him Full Factory Greg. And so me and my dad, I was trying to find an Instagram name for him, and we thought of Sylvan calling him Full Factory Greg, and thought it was hilarious. So we made it Full Factory Greg. It's so awesome. He's pretty active on social media as well. Yeah, he like, likes it. He likes it. Yeah. All right, from at h underscore p underscore w. What's your favorite lane for the main? Even of the track, but I like I like being being on the inside. Like some or someday, if I'm not good, I don't want to crash. I, if I have fifth pick, I go I go lane eight. But yeah, give me the most inside you have. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> or eight. <laughs> At fifteen BMX, should you be able to manual the first jump on a supercross track? Good question. I'm actually good with that. You know, like um, the first jump in Baku. I didn't really like it because it was too flat on the the landing. So you would jump or, or tap manual, you wouldn't make speed. But uh, I didn't have the chance to race the uh, the Worlds in 2009. Okay, it was not a Supercross, but it was like still five or six meters. And I think if, yeah, why why only jumping on the first one? If you can have like some guy with skills would be able to tap and some would have to jump, I think that's uh, that's good. All right. Not all of them, though, but uh, let's say 20% of them. It's all right. All right. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, from at Shank Carson, what do you think could be the next major evolution of the sport? Yeah, I read that question. <laughs> and uh, I, I really don't know because I think we're going to have to stick with the like Supercross format for at least a few years with all the all the country and everyone that invests in that kind of kind of track. So if we keep the same uh, same kind of tracks, I don't really know what's going to, what's going to change in the future, like on the bikes or obviously athletes are getting better and better. But at some point, everyone will be, and even now, like everyone is 80, 85 kilos lean and strong and all the bikes look, look kind of the same and the geometry and everything. And yeah, I don't know. We, if we keep the same track, I don't know if it's going to change that much. At Seba's 404, who did you look up to when you started racing and who's your favorite racer now? Uh, when I started racing, uh, I look at the, the Carl's minutes in the transit because uh, that was back then when there was not much of internet and we had DVDs. I was uh, watching transit. And uh, yeah, him and Florent Boots, it's a French guy. I don't know if you, if you know him. I liked him as well because he was, he had so like big skills, could pick up manual everything. And what's the, the double shot question? Because what's my favorite now? Yeah. 
Now, uh, like some guy I like to to race. Uh, I like David's style, David David Graff. I like like I like his style. I like his approach. So yeah, let's say now it's not my favorite, but it's someone uh, I like to to watch racing. Fair enough. Are we doing that one? No. What are you? <laughs> All right, from at Winspired. This is a double shot actually as well, Sylvan. Uh, what do you think are the biggest issues for athletes not getting sponsored to race professionally? And what do pros need ideally to race professionally? Well, I don't know. That's I don't like... This could be a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could, yeah be. it could be a whole podcast. And the thing is, it's always the same. Like People focus on, fuck, I'm not sponsored, I'm not sponsored, whatever. But just like start like, know how to ride a bike, know how to go fast, go to races, be good, and then look for, for, for sponsors, you know? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Did you, I was going to quickly ask, since, you know, you won the yeah. Worlds as your first year winning the Worlds, did you, like, gain any cool new sponsors? Not really. Uh, I could stick you some deal with the, the sponsor I had. I had some, some new opportunities for sure because, yeah, it's uh, the brands love the, love the rainbow. Mm-hmm. But uh, not, like, no big change, no big... Uh, outside company that that came in so yeah it was it was a good boost and uh good to secure some deal for the next like two or three years going to 2020 which is cool because i know i will have the same sponsor same guy to work with and uh for an athlete it's i think it's great yeah i think so you already had volkswagen before the world right sorry you already had the volkswagen sponsorship before worlds no, no, but that's that's more of a local thing. Oh, okay. But about okay. like uh, uh, from like about that, I love to deal like a longer deal with Wheelways, for example. Mm-hmm. And now we have the army as well, so uh, I think it's really important for 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 us to have something. Okay, cool. This is another side question too. Okay, Wheelways. Does it stand for win in attitude, win in spirit? I feel like yes. you told me that it does, right? Yes, but but I I, I didn't know at first because. Okay. Uh, I don't know where it comes. I don't know if it comes from the archery side of the of the of the brand because it's uh, I don't know if many people knows, but it's uh, it's an archery brand at first, okay. and then they start uh, doing uh, they started doing track bike and uh, outtail frame mm-hmm. I think a few years ago, and then the thing is they just uh, there was like few random guy that built a kind of BMX track next to the headquarters, and they were like, oh, we should do bikes. <laughs> so then they start they start doing the first prototype who looked like like a piece of shit and then they call uh they call a french guy and uh and yeah like five five months after that i was i was on the bike oh badass okay well, that's good to know i was pretty curious all right back yeah, to the quick shots uh from at t nighthog 49 that's my favorite one who would you like to put over the turn do i have to pick your yeah, you got to pick one person. If you could pick, pick one person to put over a turn, who would it be? <laughs> uh, Don't lie to us. We want, we want the honest truth. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking of who put me out over a turn ever. And I <laughs> can't really think about anyone. He wants and to I put Kai White over a turn. I think I'm with, with everyone, but... Uh, I don't know, maybe I, I like to put Carlos Ramirez out of a turn sometime. <laughs> a little <laughs> magician. He's yeah. mostly a guy that, that would that would do that for sure. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm okay to put someone out of a turn, but I'm okay as well to 
be put out of turn because uh, yeah, if you do it once, you can you can expect it. You can expect the guy to uh, to give it back to you. But uh, yeah, I go with Carlos. Let's say Carlos. All right, at Connor Hedges, you're leading the Olympic final. The berm jump is perfect and tempting. Do you do your go for your signature bar hump? Hashtag send it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the thing with with that bar hump thing is, uh, I actually never planned to do it, and sometimes you just go, come like this, like uh, you land you you land from the second jump of the, of the second straight, and then the third one you go, but. No, I think I go straight and I fucking pedal earlier than usual and hit the pedal on the turn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so then, that's all the questions we have. We really appreciate you coming on the show. It was, it was great to talk shit for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me and, uh, and keep doing this. It's, it's, it's cool. And uh, from, from what you say earlier, it's, uh, you say you have a lot of, uh, of people listening to it. And I think it's cool because with kids these days, I don't know if uh, you would have like enough people uh, listening to it, and that's good for the show, and I think that's good also for the for the sport because uh, that proves that there's still people interesting in in listening to people more than like uh, not just going on Instagram and and watch five seconds of their thirty second video, you know? Yeah, yeah. And no. I, I think that's cool. I think that's that's something that the kids don't have today, and uh, and that's that's also I think how we learn like. I learned a lot watching video, watching transit and everything. And kids these days, like uh, I got some kid in my in my club. If I if I ask ask him like who's who's my day, they're like I don't know. Come on, like yeah. you, you gotta know because you gotta love the sport at first. But there's so much thing you can learn from this guy. But yeah, they they go on Snapchat and do some bullshit and they don't learn anything. <laughs> So maybe maybe at some point when they come to the in the elite class they're like oh I'm fucked yeah. but yeah should have do your homework yeah, yeah thanks thanks for listening Sylvain to the show and uh, it was good to talk to you and best of luck for this year I wish you the best and uh, hope we're on the Olympic team next year as well sure 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 yeah we'll see let's mm-hmm. let's go with the first part of the season then the baby and uh, and then yeah we'll yeah. see where it leads yeah so say hi to Ava for us <laughs> and we'll hopefully see you soon I'll see you over in Europe Sylvain. See you guys. Later. Ciao, ciao. So then, fucking Andre, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wrap with him. But man, what a guy. That was a. I really enjoyed listening to him talk. Like we said, he's a brother of the show, just because he's a good friend of ours and excellent friend. Such a good guy. I love what his like his views on the sport of just being a racer. Yeah, like just race. Yeah. Who cares what your sponsor is? Who cares? I was thinking about this today. Like, who cares how you look? Just just compete. Mm -hmm. And people don't compete to the finish line. Well, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. A lot of people don't compete to the finish line anymore, and they worry about their kink times and stuff. Like, just battle. Yeah. No, the sport has just become such, like, a, a first-rate battle. Just cookie like, cutter, eh? Like, yeah, so people just only do that, and they forget that you can still race to the finish line, like you said. Yeah. yeah. And look at Sylvan at the Worlds. He passed Joris around the last jump. Like, uh-huh. he didn't quit. He just battled the whole way. Yeah. And that's why Sylvan's had a lot of successes and made a lot of podiums, not only because he's fast, but he just he battles to the end no matter what. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking about it too, and I, people have told me that Manchester, because it's so tight, it's so simple, it's going to be a first straight battle. Do you think there's going to be a lot of passes on that track now? Hard to say. I don't know. I'm really curious now to too, because we're just talking about how Hard much you know. You got to be a racer to race, but that track is just, I'd say, simple and one-lined almost. I'm interested now. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things about Sylvan is like anyone can do well when they're pulling 
and like everything's going well and if it's just effortless, but still one's able to do it on days he's not feeling 100% or not, you know, not pulling. And that's the mark of a true racer in my mind. Yeah. He's, yeah, got, he's got a huge heart, you know? He just goes out and hammers. Yeah, that's the thing. He races with his heart. He does. Yeah, he Puts does. it all on the line. He does. You go, Sylvan, except not if you're in a motor with me. Then just... I wonder how many times me and Sylvan have passed each other racing <laughs> over the years. <laughs> Probably so many times. And I'm sure, like, because we've grown up racing each other, we just love beating each other, too. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Oh, that's funny. You got a rant, James. So I did my yeah. rant. Now we got your rant. I had a rant, and, like, okay, some people will be able to relate this pretty well. Some people might not even know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's about people posting on their stories on Instagram to check their latest post. Oh, I think it's really dumb. Oh my God. Like, do you think you're doing a public service to everybody to let them know that you posted something and everybody needs to go look at it? Like, it's a joke. Really? We don't give that big of a shit. If we come across the photo and it's like, cool, that's a cool photo, I'll probably give it a like. But you don't have to tell me to go look at your damn photo. Just look, look. You, there's an Instagram feed for a reason, not the story to go tell you to look at the damn feed. Oh, you know what I also love too, uh, to add on to this rant? What is it? Was when people <laughs> when people have to have to tell people they're gonna take time off of social media or when people took time off of social media and they come on like oh I haven't posted in a while <laughs> who do you think you are <laughs> like you, you have too. to post on social media to tell us you're not gonna post like do you think there's that many people just waiting for your post like. Yeah, like, so you're going to post to tell us you're not going to post? Sick. Like, what? Like, what? like that, does that make sense? <laughs> we don't need that. Like, we all post. We all do it. We do it for fun or for sponsors, you know, either way. You don't need to tell people. Stop telling people everything. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it, that kind of stuff pisses me off, too. Yeah, it pisses me it, off, it, too. It irks me. It does. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we talked about it earlier. This was going to be another rant, but we didn't rant about it, and I forgot to talk about it earlier. In Rock Hill, I saw a dad yelling at his kid. I, I want to say again, uh... because we've all seen this too many times. But this kid, I was getting ready for my second moto, and this kid must have been, I don't know, five, six years old. Full factory kid, of course. He was looking, like, good. And uh, clipped in, I'm pretty sure, too. I don't even know if he could unclip himself. And I'm seeing the dad in the kid's helmet, holding the helmet and yelling at him. And he would start to walk away, and then he'd turn back to the kid, start yelling again, start walking away, so the kid would ride with him, and the dad would turn around and yell some more. And I'm sitting there, like, going to go up the hill, and I'm like, what is this dad doing? Like, I wanted to step oh in and God. say something, but I'm kind of trying to go up for my moto, but also being like, what the hell's going on? Like, uh, overbearing parents. Just let your kid parents. race. Unbelievable. Would you get a lot of p- parents on bikes and let them see how hard it is? Seriously. Let them know how difficult this sport like, is. The kids, if the kid's trying, yep. there's nothing to get mad at. If he's, no. he or she is trying their best, what else can you ask? You can't ask for anything more than that. And if, even if they say they're not trying their hardest that one lap, okay, just talk to them like a, a person, like a parent, and not scream at them. You don't need to damn yell. Oh. No, that happens all the time. And I find it happens more at the USA BMX races than anywhere else. Oh, all the time there. Yeah. Uh, that pissed me off. So yeah, yeah. We're very ranty today. I, I like know. it. We had like three rants. This is a good place to get stuff off I our know. chest. Oh, I this feel is... light now. Thanks, don't thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> Any more rants or are we good? I think we're good for now. People have heard enough of that for now. So. All right. So we just discussed between us off air yeah, who off we're going to have next week. We're not going to release it yet. No, but I think we're going to have, it's going to be a couple guests. It's gonna be a couple guests, but yeah. it's gonna be like a. Oh, we, should, we shouldn't talk about it, should we? No, no, we gotta we? save it. Just save it. All right, no, we'll save it. We'll save it. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good. Yeah. Oh, and I gotta give a quick, quick, quick shout out to Andy, our gym guy. I told him I'd shout him out if he listens, so he better damn listen now. And not even just halfway. You gotta listen to the very finish. You gotta listen. So we'll know we'll if know. you listened or yeah. not. We'll know. Anyways, okay, good. All right. <laughs> thanks, James. That was fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. That was a good show. I was excited to hear from Sylvan. Yeah. We'll see you next week, everyone. Later.